when I watch television news or when I see a football game and hear the announcer speaking, I hear such boasting over that which someone will do next year. I do hope that we of the church are not doing that type of boasting. We should have seen this past year, by the advent of coronavirus, how much everything can change instantly, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Overnight, the whole world changed. Right before our eyes, such a good example. James chapter 4, verse 13. A warning. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy, and sell, and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. So what are you planning for tomorrow? What kind of plans do you have this year? Do you have any? I have at least two things on my calendar for the year. Sometime in April, I have a six-month doctor appointment, which they make me go to. And then sometime later on down the line, I have a regular dental cleaning appointment. And that's it for the whole year. If I awaken the next morning, then most likely I will exhort the church. Because there are two scriptures which keep me speaking to you. Why do I make exhortations daily? Well, mainly because these two scriptures tell me to do that. Hebrews chapter 3. Start at verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For the past 40 plus years, this is one of the scriptures which has kept me presenting messages to the church, as I'm appointed to do. Exhort one another daily. God knows what he's talking about. We need these daily exhortations. We need to hear about the great tribulation that's coming. What does that do for us? Well, maybe it makes us be less boastful about what we're going to do tomorrow.
I know it sort of keeps me under control when I read about the great tribulation that's coming. When I read about the powers of heaven that will be shaken before Jesus comes through the clouds, when I think on these things, I find I'm controlled a little more by God than I am otherwise. So Hebrews 3 says, Exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. One of the reasons, one of the things Jesus said about the last days is the love of many would fall away because the iniquity would abound around them. Sin causes our heart to be hardened. The sins that we see when we view television, when we listen to people boast, when we see newscasts, when we see anything, the sins that we see people do, the ways that we see them go in an ungodly way, harden our heart. So we hear exhortations and we go another way because the exhortations warn us to go another way. And the exhortations help us to hold on and to keep the way of God before us. For if we fail to keep the way of God before us and we get to thinking like the world on something, we can be turned over to a reprobate mind. That's in Romans chapter 1. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that overcometh. We have a problem come upon us. We turn to God in prayer, asking him what we should do about this problem, how we should handle it. He that overcometh through God, through prayer, through hearing from God after prayer, we will live in peace, even on this present earth, as the problems come. And that's the only way I know that we will live in peace, is second by second, turning to God, letting your requests be made known unto God in the midst of the problem. And it says, The peace of God which passeth all understanding will then keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Word. Another scripture which keeps me going and has kept me going for the past 40 years on exhorting the church daily is in Hebrews chapter 10. We'll start reading at verse 23. And let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we see we are drawing nearer to the coming of Jesus, we exhort one another even more. Verse 26, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Some people think after they're born again, they can just go right on and live any way they choose and be forgiven. But after you are born again and have been enlightened to the truth of God, this says there's no more sacrifice for your sin. Therefore, we warn each other not to live that way, not to think that way. We warn each other to conform ourselves to the word of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Bible, to the word of God, to that which the Holy Spirit has said to you. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace? For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Therefore, we exhort one another daily and even more as we see the day approaching. We warn one another. Exhort means to urge earnestly by advice and warning. You hear me do this daily. Why do I so strongly warn you, the church? Because I have been given by God a gift of exhortation to warn you. And therefore, I exercise that gift faithfully, faithful to God, to warn the church constantly. For without the warnings, you can drift away. That's exactly correct. You think, oh, I would never do that. Oh, I hear so many people boast that. I have heard so many people say, oh, she would never fall away from the church. She would never do that. If you keep eating pablum all the time, I'm okay, you're okay, everything's okay. You won't be on edge watching and waiting you'll fall asleep. In 1979, God gave me a terrifying dream 
I went into a room where a meeting was going on. A man was speaking to a group of people. I sat down and began listening to him. A second man came in and rushed in and came up the side of the room and said, Wait, stop. Can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. And he disappeared, and the preacher kept preaching. And nobody seemed even interested in the warning that the man had given. But I was interested. And I wanted to see what had already begun, so I turned my head and looked out the windows that were on the left side of the room. And what I saw was just horrifying. I saw a tall pole with a civil defense warning system speaker, that yellow type speaker, on top of the pole. It was set there to warn the people. Out of the speaker, I could see a gas drifting out of the speaker, and it was coming directly toward us in the room, and it was poisonous, and I knew it would kill us. I looked at the man seated next to me. He had a big grin on his face and was staring directly at the man preaching. But then I saw this man was already dead. He was a corpse. I looked at the other people in the room, and they were all dead. Though they looked like they were alive, and they were staring at the preacher. They were all dead, and as I sat there in that room among them, I knew that the words that preacher was speaking were going to kill me if I sat there. God showed me what was going on in the churches. If you are being fed a diet of pablum, you will not grow in the Lord. If you're being fed baby food, if you're being fed the same message over and over, you'll fall asleep. So I exhort the church daily, bringing to our attention whatever God has brought to my attention. Speaking scripture, giving examples, warning us. Because the day of the Lord is coming, and in several passages of scripture, we read that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Paul said that in 1 Thessalonians 5. Peter said the same thing in 2 Peter chapter 3. The day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Jesus told us it will be like it was in the day of Noah. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the flood came and took them all away. And that's what it'll be. He said it would also be the same as it was in the day of Lot. The homosexuals had surrounded the whole city. They came from every quarter of city to try to have sex with the two men who had come to visit Lot. They didn't know those two men were angels. The two angels had been sent to get Lot out of the city before God destroyed the city. And Jesus said it would be like that in the last days. There are those of us who are set in the church 
to warn the church. So you will not go to sleep. So you will be watchful. So you will live a different way. If you thought your kingdom was on this earth, Jesus said, then would my servants fight that I not be turned over to be crucified. But Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. That's in John 18, verse 36. Neither is our kingdom of this world. But if all we focus on is things of this world, the things of God will grow very dim. We have to be exhorted, and we have to exhort one another, and we have to exhort ourselves. I often exhort my own self through scriptures that I've collected by just reading through them. And certainly I'm built up in the faith as I speak to you. And our faith has to be not in what presidents of the United States will do or governments of men. For the time will come, they can't do anything. Somewhere around 1984, God gave me a dream where the earth slipped on its axis. And people were terrified. See, this whole world and solar system is held together right now by the Word of God. It's kept in place by the Word of God. The time will come when the powers of heaven will be shaken. God will speak one word and the solar system will be changed. And the earth will slip on its axis and the stars will fall from heaven. The sun will go dark. The moon will go dark. Right now, it's held in place by God. Well, in that dream that God gave me, the earth slipped on its axis and people were terrified. The governments of men were meeting with the religious leaders and with the scientists to see what could be done. When that happens, nothing can be done because it's God who caused the earth to slip on its axis. And nobody will overcome God. But those of us who know these things, we might be shocked when it happens if we're still on the earth. But we will know what's happening. We won't be saying this virus came from China. We won't be saying this was caused by global warming. We won't be saying emissions from cars caused this to happen. We will know the truth because we belong to God. We have the Holy Spirit of truth in us and we know the Bible which tells us everything that's coming. God tells us in the Bible everything that's coming. So we will not be as fixed on this earth as the people of this world are. This world is their hope. Oh, can you imagine hoping in this world? You have nothing unless you have the hope of the return of Jesus and the collection of the saints to be taken into the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. We have no hope unless that is our hope. But this world, they just stumble about in darkness, and they don't know even what it is they're stumbling over. 
but we're not like that. God showed the prophet Daniel many things that were going to come at the end of the world. In Daniel chapter 12, we read, At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book, in the book of life. And many of them which sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And then he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. None of the wicked shall understand. If they understood, they would repent. But the wise shall understand. You'll know what's going on, because you know what the Bible says. First Thessalonians chapter 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. It is not that the coronavirus is the day of the Lord, but didn't we see something in coronavirus that we've never seen before? It stole from people. It stole a way of life. And so many people will celebrate this new year thinking, oh, it's over, finally 2020's over. And they won't realize that it may not be over, but rather extended. And then different things hit. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. In that dream where the earth slipped on the axis, nobody escaped, though they thought they could figure out how to fix it. You can't fix something like that. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. 
But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. And what is it that is coming? The great tribulation of God, the 14 plagues, which are cited in Revelation 8, 9, and 16. Then God shakes the power of heaven before Jesus comes through the cloud. Matthew 24, verse 29. Then comes Jesus and gathers his elect, removing them from this earth. Matthew 24, verses 30-31. Last, God destroys his present heaven and earth. Second Peter 3, verses 10-14. By thinking on these assured things, boasting concerning what we're going to do tomorrow might change considerably. Also, those things that we thought to be so important might diminish greatly as we think on that which is coming according to the Bible. I have seen at football games people show footballs that were used in some great event 20 years ago and they cling to that football as if it's some great thing. A few nights ago, Pam and I were watching a football game and someone did that and we just looked at each other like, this is incredible that they think this football is important. But the world is blind, dark, blind. They can't see. They can't see what it is they stumble over. And if they understood, they would repent. But we are not blind. That is what's coming. Therefore, we pray over everything that concerns us and settle it with God that day and live in peace, waiting for the return of Jesus Christ when we are removed from this present earth. For that is what will happen. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.